This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News, Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Lieutenant Governor Will Ainsworth spoke about the U.S.-Mexico border crisis while at the Talladega Super Speedway for a race that occurred this past weekend. Ainsworth was asked by Fox News about the strike force that was created by 26 Republican governors, including Alabama's. The governors are working to secure the U.S.-Mexico border since the Biden administration is failing to do so. First, we're going to put boots on the ground. We're sending people from Alabama National Guard. We're sending law enforcement members. We're going to put people there. I think, you know, making sure that, um, you know, we actually are going to be committed to getting a wall built. But I think when you look at having people on the ground to deter that. Now, look, and there was a hero just in Texas. Media is not talking about it. No Fox News is. Other media where he went in and saved illegal immigrants trying to cross the stream. But what's bad is, I mean, they're sending the worst people across, and it's drug cartels, and we've got to put a stop to it. And so Alabama's going to continue to step up to the plate and support border states and continue to send people there. Ainsworth also shared how the Mexican cartel drug activity is reaching well beyond the border states of Texas and Arizona and why every state needs to get involved in helping these border states secure that area. I live in Gunnersville, Alabama, split my time between there and Montgomery. You know, a small town, just recently in the last month, we had several teenage and college kids die from a fentanyl overdose with a drug batch that was, you know, tied back to Mexico. And so when you look at the amount of drugs that are coming into America and President Biden's failed policies, I mean, he hasn't protected the border. And so at the end of the day, states are having to step up. I mean, we're having to do the job of the federal government and, you know, certainly want to commend Governor Ivey, Governor Abbott. And this strike force is just one of the tools we've got. But we can't just sit there and let people smuggle people. And then also the human trafficking side, when you look at that and the fact that that's now become maybe a bigger business than the drug side. And we've got a huge problem and we have to solve it. Recently on the 1819 News website, a very thorough article was written by investigative reporter Sean Patrick Taylor in which he detailed the different out-of-state political action committees who are trying to influence how Alabamians vote in the U.S. Senate race. They're doing so by paying for a lot of attack ads. I was able to talk to Sean over the weekend about the research that he did and what he learned from it. I think the thing that's striking when you start looking at campaign finance is, again, certainly how much money comes in from out of the area, but then more specifically how unclear it is where a a lot of these funds are coming from. And that's kind of the essence of super PACs and the ramifications of Citizens United was that all of this money was flowing into politics that really might be accounted for on, on a top line, but you aren't able to access the details and, and the donors. And I think we see that playing out with this Alabama Senate race and all of the money, all the different ads, like I said, the attack ads, that we're seeing, it's not always clear who's behind those. So that's a striking thing when it comes to politics. It's no longer about the candidates attacking each other, which, you know, used to be bad enough as it is, but now we're dealing with multiple entities with a lot of deep pockets who are behind the scenes in uh, creating these ads, paying for these ads, and there's even no transparency to find out who exactly is hatching this plan. In trying to understand super PACs and their intentions and sources of their funding, one of the things is to look at other 
comparable campaigns that they're either supporting or that they're running ads against. Again, there was one uh, that we referenced that there's also um, there was running against uh, Ms. Britt, but that also was opposing Liz Cheney uh, in Wyoming, for example. Um, so that, that's kind of another way to look at the, 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 or at least get a sense of the intentions of these PACs. In terms of the actual information, opensecrets.org is um, a site that, an, an independent nonpartisan site that compiles all these figures uh, we referenced it a number of times in the article and I would recommend anybody who's interested in this and wants to dig deeper, um, can check opensecrets.org or also the federal election commission has, uh, an actually an, an excellent website for looking up campaign finance records and whatnot. We would encourage people who are interested in this to again, do their own research and look because it's not always clear who's behind what organization or who's behind what ads are running. So by looking at the organization and seeing what other candidates they either support uh, or they are running ads against, I think gives a, a clearer picture as to the intentions of these organizations and might help Alabamians make a little bit more sense out of what is a very chaotic uh, political system right now. So this is a case of following the record, following who else they get behind and what this group has done in the past. And that'll only, that'll give you a little bit of a taste of, of what they're trying to do here by kind of inserting themselves into this Alabama Senate race. And that's the thing I think with the bigger races we see, we tend to see more outside participation. And that's why it's that much more crucial for voters within the state to try to be able to distinguish what is out of state influence versus what are the legitimate state interests that are um, at play in the election. And what are the candidate positions on those? That was well said. And I really appreciate Sean Patrick Taylor coming on the daily detail to help us learn more during this Senate race. A massive fire broke out in the town of Jacksonville at the Jacksonville Christian Academy. Multiple firefighting agencies were called in to tackle the blaze. Fortunately, no one was inside the building since the building was completely engulfed by the blaze by the time the firefighting crews arrived. Other nearby agencies from Anniston Weaver, Webster's Chapel, Piedmont, and Alexandria all took part in battling the massive fire, which broke out on Saturday night. A week-long search has ended when it comes to a person who was seen jumping from the Gadsden Bridge. The body of the jumper was recovered from the Coosa River this past weekend. The identity is not yet being released to the public. The jump occurred at the Etowah Memorial Bridge on April 16th, and that is when the large-scale search was started by city, county, and state agencies. Oak Mountain State Park is expanding its footprint by over 1,600 acres in the metro Birmingham area. This expansion will also include a new public access area and more biking, hiking, and horse riding trails. Alabama's largest state park is located in the western part of Shelby County. With this latest expansion effort, the Oak Mountain State Park will ultimately encompass more than 11,000 acres of heavily wooded hills. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, the name of a Texas Army National Guard soldier is now being released to the public after he went missing in the Rio Grande River this past weekend. 22-year-old specialist Bishop Evans of Arlington, Virginia, went into the river waters to rescue illegal migrants who appeared to be struggling and drowning in the water. 
Evans was swept away by the water and disappeared. Search parties have been using airboats and teams to scour the waters ever since. The two migrants who were struggling in the water are now being held at a Border Patrol detention facility in Eagle Pass. The two are believed to be part of a transnational drug trafficking group. Evans is a field artilleryman who joined the Texas Army National Guard in 2019. He was deployed recently to the Texas border as part of Operation Lone Star that was initiated by Texas Governor Greg Abbott back in March to deal with the influx of illegal migrants. Media outlets and watchdog organizations are starting to raise some concerns about President Joe Biden's frequent weekend visits to his home in Delaware. Biden has spent 28% of his presidency at his home in his first year in office. Now Judicial Watch and the New York Post have filed a request through the Freedom of Information Act. They're asking the U.S. Secret Service to provide visitor logs to show exactly who might be visiting with Biden during those weekends. The U.S. Secret Service says they don't have any logs. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton says that um, the American people have a right to know what the president is up to and for national security reasons, whether or not he's entertaining any foreign head of state. Fitton says that the White House is playing a shell game of not revealing those documents and who could be potentially visiting the president during these times. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki told the New York Post that Biden is visiting his home where his former wife and son are buried, and it's a place that is close to his heart. When it comes to the White House visits and visitor logs, past documents are catching up with Joe Biden. White House visitor logs during the time that he was vice president are contradicting claims that he made about knowing nothing about the business dealings of his son, Hunter. The business partner to Hunter, Eric Schwerin, made 19 visits to the White House and the vice president's office between 2009 and 2015. Schwerin was part of the Rosemont Seneca investment firm that Hunter also took part in creating. The White House logs of the Obama administration show that Schwerin met with the VP's aides and assistants, as well as Jill Biden's aides and assistants, at a time when Rosemont Seneca was engaged in multi-million dollar deals with foreign countries like China. Schwerin is also revealed to have a very close connection to the personal finances of the Biden family members. That is all revealed on Hunter Biden's laptop through emails between Hunter and Schwerin, where they talk about how to pay Joe Biden's phone bills and other expenses. The New York Post is issuing an article that claims that these latest visitor log documents are now the 12th piece of evidence that contradicts what Biden said about knowing nothing about business deals. He'd said those while he was campaigning to be president. The Satanic Temple is now suing an elementary school in Pennsylvania after the school board voted down a proposed after-school Satan club for elementary school students. The lawsuit is against the Northern York County School District and alleges that discrimination occurred when the club was not allowed to form like other organizations have. A spokesperson for the Satanic Temple, Lucian Graves, spoke to Fox 43 News. They deny us the use of the public facilities, which they have no right to do. It'll have to move into litigation, costly litigation that the community is going to have to pay for. Many parents in that school district showed up for that board meeting to demand a no vote against the club. They also spoke with the local news team. They already took, you know, God out of schools, but now they're going to allow Satan in. It's just crazy. This uh, is very concerning to me. Um, Anything that has to deal with uh, worshiping Satan is uh, bad news. 
This past weekend, former President Donald Trump held another big rally, this time in the state of Ohio. Trump got very specific in talking about the stolen presidential election of 2020, especially in how he thinks the voter fraud and cheating can be stopped. Between horrible elections, think of it, borders, open borders, horrible elections, we're like a laughingstock all over the world. Our elections are a laughingstock. Look at France, they're having an election. You know what they do? Same-day voting, all paper ballots. Very simple. They have no problem. And that's what we have to get to. We can't have these elections that go for 48 days. And they store the votes in a room. And where is the guard? Well, he took off today. Why? How come all these votes are being moved around? Think of it. Think of what they're doing. 48-day elections. We want one-day elections. We want paper ballots and no mail-in fake ballots. And we have to do everything to maximize our chances of victory, our country's at stake. It's all about winning. We have no choice. We have to win. We have to fight. They fight very dirty, very dirty. They used COVID in order to cheat in the election by sending millions and millions and millions of fake ballots all over the place. Nobody knew what the hell was happening. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. If you're enjoying The Daily Detail and want to get these reports directly to your phone or electronic device, be sure to subscribe either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 